as I've been going through 1 Samuel in my daily devotions, 1 Samuel not only has the, the introduction of David, the shepherd boy, who wrote Psalms and then killed Goliath and all that, but it has the origin also of the story and the demise of the first king of Israel who was named King Saul. And Saul was taller than anyone in Israel, handsome, a warrior. He won some key battles. He was anointed by the prophet Samuel. The people had asked for a king. They shouldn't have, but God gave him a king. But Saul wasn't all out for God. He chose when to obey God. So I just want to warn all of you because this is a study in the demise of a man like hardly any other in the Bible. You see this guy at the top and you see him at the bottom. You see him when he dies in the last chapter of 1 Samuel. So how do you go from that pinnacle down to the pits? He didn't obey God. God told him to do certain things. He would obey 80%. That's a danger for all of us. How many want to be 100% for God? Amen? When God says do something or don't do it, you, listen, when you go to the Bible and you pick and you choose what verses you feel are appropriate, what you've done is set yourself as God. You have now chosen what's inspired and what's not. So that's very dangerous. Either the word of God is to be obeyed or it's not to be obeyed. And we're going to obey it. Not part of it, not the part I like, not this, or the claim that promise. And that's so typical today. Very shallow people going to church, picking and choosing verses, and not serious about really obeying the Lord. And obedience is better than sacrifice. We learned that in that same first Samuel. When Saul did not do what he was told, he learned that, no, I didn't obey because I wanted to sacrifice that to the Lord. But the Lord says, no, you can't keep that. I told you not to keep that. No, I was going to sacrifice it. No, to obey God is better than sacrifice. To obey God and be kind to people is better than standing and rocking and worshiping for two hours. Obedience is better than the sacrifice of praise. Because people can worship and get caught up in the music and then act like a little devil during the week. Come on, we all know that's true, right? So God is looking for obedience. Saul did not, and watch. So this is what happens. He goes from obedience to more disobedience, 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 more disobedience. Then he takes it upon himself to do crazy things. But this is all written for our instruction to stay close to Jesus and stay humble. One of the turning points in his life is he gets jealous of David. And jealousy will destroy your soul. If you're jealous of anyone today, just please bring it to God before you leave the building and say, God, I give this to you. Cure me of this. Help me to rejoice in other people's blessings, not resent them. Anything anyone has that you admire or want, God gave it to them. Just like God gave you what you have. So to be jealous is to fight against God. It's to disagree with God. God, what are you doing? Why'd you do that for her and him and whatever? So now he's totally sideways, Saul. And God has left him. And he's trying to kill David. A good part of the book is he's hunting David down with an army to kill one guy because he's jealous of him. And always remember, when someone is trying to destroy you and all of that, most likely at the bottom of it, they're jealous of you. And also remember, jealousy was what put Christ on the cross. Pilate knew immediately these religious leaders, they're jealous of him. That's why they 
concocted their stories and accusations. So remember that. Jealousy is a killer. Dries up the bones. Now at the end of his life, Saul, who was advised by Samuel, but now God has told Samuel, stop weeping for Saul. Stop weeping and praying for him. It's finito. It's over. Nada mas. Over. Muerte. It's gone. And I have another plan. I have a man, that young kid you, you anointed, David. So this is the end of his life. And this shows how really crazy we can get when we turn our backs on God. The Bible talks about facing God and to worship him and let his face shine upon you. Then to go sideways by disobedience. And now you're torn. And then the Bible talks about people who turn their back on God and walk away from him. Don't say that's not possible. The Bible's full of examples of that. And we all know possibly tragic stories about that. So listen, just real quick, one little, little part of the scripture. Now Samuel was dead, that's the prophet, and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in, the, in his own town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and the spiritists from the land. In Spanish, it's bru brujitas, witches. He had gotten rid of all of them because he was under the influence early on of Samuel, and he knew the law of Moses in Deuteronomy and other places. You don't let any witches, mediums, spiritists, fortune tellers, voodoo, hoodoo, every kind of do. You don't let them exist. So the Philistines assembled and came up and set up camp at Shunem, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp at Gilboa. So now he's going to have a big battle with the Philistines. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. So he gets panicky. He tries to inquire of the Lord like David did so often, but the Lord did not answer him. You can get to a place where God will turn his back, it seems like in Scripture. Certainly in the Old Testament, there's examples. God said no. In fact, God says in one place, no, after all, you turning your back and sacrificing your children to the idols and all of that, when you cry, I will not answer. That is a bad place to be in. Am I right? We don't want to get near that. How many say amen? We want to get near that. But the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim that had to do with consulting the priest or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, find me a woman who's a medium, a witch, a brujita, so I may go and inquire of her. There's one in Ender, they said. And this is the next to the last stop for poor King Saul. He's consulting a witch. The one who's anointed by God He's afraid. He doesn't know what to do. He hasn't consulted God in years. And now he goes to a witch. And later on, the story goes like this. He goes to the witch, but she's leery of him. She doesn't know who he is. And she says, no, I got to be careful who I talk to because, you know, King Saul, he forbid witches and mediums and fortune tellers. And she's talking to King Saul. The thing he forbid, he is now doing. Isn't that the story of ultimate backsliding? You end up practicing the things you used to preach against. The things you used to say, my, 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 now you're doing it. And there's a whole story there where he asked her to call up Samuel 
And most of the commentators believe the witches can't bring up uh, dead people, certainly not a prophet of God. But God overrules it, and Samuel does come up and appear post-death. And she gets scared because she knows, I didn't have anything to do with this. And Samuel tells Saul, it's over. Church is out. You're going to die. I found someone. God, you know, said, I found someone to replace you. But I want to just say this. As I read this, he got afraid. And when you're afraid, he knew, I have to consult with somebody. And that is a good thought. When you're afraid and don't know what to do, it's good to consult with someone. But please, don't go to a witch. And don't look at your horoscope. And don't call, get some app or call 800 number or whatever they have. I heard the other day some preacher on TV, a real scam artist, call this number and we'll use your credit card and for $100 we'll give you a prophecy about your future. I mean, that, that person who does that must have lost their soul somewhere along the way. Am I correct? Who would say that? Who knows the Bible? I just want to say consulting someone is important because I've had all kinds of times in my life I didn't know what to do. Have you ever been there? Either there's two roads, you don't know which one to go, or you just feel overwhelmed. You do need to talk to someone. And God is waiting. Don't consult a witch, a horoscope, somebody read your palm. I'll read your palm for nothing. You don't even have to pay me. I'll tell you a verse. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. I'm troubled by the fact that people don't spend time with God. So let me just leave you with this. Part of prayer is asking, petition. You got it? But there's another part of prayer, consulting and waiting and listening. When you ask the king for something, you ask him. You tell him what you need. Our father, you know, you bring it to him. But when you don't know what to do, you have to consult, which means you have to spend time and you have to listen. This is why most people who are just into like uh, ATM kind of theology, go in, put the card in, get what I need. And, but life is more complex than that. Come on, how, haven't you ever been against the wall? Haven't you ever not known what to do? Raise your hand if you know what I'm, the situations I'm in. Oh my goodness, I've been there so many times. And I've made enough mistakes in my life, more than all of you put together, is what I feel. That I, I just got to go to God and just, God, I'm going to sit in your presence until you answer me. Until you start to give me some direction. Also, when you consult with God, when you consult with a witch or all these other things, you still end up nervous and unsure. But when you spend time with God, he gives you peace. Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit, billows of love. And I just was thinking, you know, we pray for people and they're asking God for something like we just prayed for Carol and others, but there's consulting God. I wonder when the last time some of you consulted God and asked, how does he look at it? What does he see? He'll give you directions. What father wouldn't talk to their son? What father would turn away their daughter and say, no, figure it out yourself? No one would do that. And then what happens when we don't consult with God? We end up jammed up. We make wrong decisions. Now we need counseling. Now we need deliverance prayers. And we could have avoided it all if we just would have come. Let us reason together, God says. Though your sins be like scarlet, 
they shall be whiter than snow. If God gave us his son to die on a cross when we didn't know him, don't you think he'll give you a word of direction, a word of consultation? Notice when it happened to him, fear. Fear will either drive you to God to consult with him or it could drive you to who knows what. Fear is a terrible thing. Anxiety is a terrible thing. Never make a decision when you're full of anxiety. It'll be the wrong one, most likely. And God is saying, please come and talk to me. Fellowship with me. Lo, I stand at the door and knock. Notice, to the church at Laodicea, Revelation 3. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone would just get up and let me in, I will sup with them. What does that mean? I'll talk. We'll counsel. We'll talk. I'll tell you what's on my heart, what plans I have for you. I'll lift that burden off of you. I'll take away the fear. In the presence of God, it's amazing things happen, but you can't go rapid fire. You can't go instant. You know, what did I read when I was 35 years old? The main thing God asks for us is time. If you love someone, don't you want to be with them? So God wants to be, I have no idea why he would want to be with me. I don't want to be with me some, a lot of times. How about you, right? You look at yourself and you go, yuck. And God says, no, I want to be with you. I want to, I want to keep you away from that and move you into this. But you have to talk and then you have to listen. I'm all for counseling, but we've overdone counseling. We definitely have done. Psychology, psychotherapy has invaded the church. I don't find it in the New Testament. And listen, there's a word of counsel. There's people who can guide you, help you, especially if you don't know the Bible. But in the end, there's only Jesus. In the end, I have everything in him. Let's close our eyes before we dismiss for those who have to go. Anybody here facing something where... You need a consultation with the Lord, not with Pastor Simba. You need to talk to God about some things. Maybe lay some burden on him today. Say, God, please, Jesus, carry this burden. See what he says to you. We're going to just give you time to consult with the Lord. And David found strength in the Lord his God. When backed up, he knew go to God and let him just pour gently his strength in. If you would like us to just pray over you, the pastors will all be involved in this. We'll just lay our hand on your shoulder. We're not going to pray out loud. We're not going to shout at you. Otherwise, you might not be listening with your heart to the Lord. Be still and know I'm God. There's a time for everything under the sun. Just come forward if you say, Pastor, that was for me. I'm facing like a a twist in the road. Just get out of your seat. Come up and stand. Two of you, 200. What does it matter? God's going to speak peace over you. Lord, don't let us run to foreign sources for our answers. We have a Father who loves us. And I pray you'll work in my heart to consult more with you about what to preach on, what decisions to make with the pastors. You know what's around the bend. We don't know. If anyone's panicking here today, just put your arms around them and give them peace, Lord.
others making decisions, just teach them to start now today to spend more time just sitting in your presence, kneeling in your presence, and listening. Not just speaking, but listening and waiting. You promised that we would hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way. Walk in it. Save us from all the high-speed technology that consumes us and gets us hyper. Give us the grace of just waiting before you. Save anyone here who's consulting anything from the dark side, Lord. We don't need witches and fortune tellers. We don't need palm readers. We don't need horoscopes. We don't need soothsayers. We just need Jesus, and we have you, Lord. So just like the disciples, Lord, 2,000 years ago, they just sat in your presence. They consulted you. They told you their problems, and they just waited to see what you would say. We'll counsel the best we can, and we'll give Bible counsel, Lord. But in the end, Holy Spirit, you are my counselor. Grant your people peace, Lord. I thank you for them. Oh, how I love them, Lord. I love your people. I love the sheep. Bless them tonight as they get ready to go home, Lord. Give them the most peaceful rest tonight as if you were just watching over them, standing over the bed, because you are. I love you all. I really do. Remember the offering. Give online. Please help us. Turn around and hug somebody, okay? God bless you. Get home safely.